Small business is big in West Texas, fueled by a special breed of entrepreneurs. They sow seeds of hard work and rely on each other to grow. They're all connected by a common thread that creates the character of our community, and they keep us moving forward. And no one brings small business together like First Bank and Trust. At First Bank and Trust, you get more than a bank. You get a network across this entire community. Take a step with the bank that knows how to make small business a bigger deal. On the other side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll. And we do roll along right here on the other side of texas i'm your host jay west texas leeson rolling into a new week all sorts of things need to tell you from the get-go out of here on thursday and friday best of episodes thursday and friday because your texas tech red raiders are playing in tulsa oklahoma on friday and yours truly has tickets gonna go down the game Talk about that with Matt Dotre coming up here shortly. Matt Dotre at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Also our friend from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Bud Kennedy, be on the show as well. Folks, I want to start out and tell you it was not me. It ain't me. It ain't me. It, it wasn't me. Um, a suspect... Armed with ice cream scoop, wanted for aggravated robbery at your friendly neighborhood Allsup's in Plainview. Dateline, Plainview, Texas, KCBD. And this is from today, about 11.15 a.m. Police in Plainview are searching for a man... He used an ice cream scoop to rob the Alsips on Olton Road in Plainview on Friday. According to police, it happened around 1.30 a.m. Now, let's keep that in mind. 1.30 a.m. on Friday. Police report says that a Hispanic male, 5 foot 6 inches. So, not me. I'm not Hispanic. And I'm not 5'6". I'm like 6'3". Nor do I have the goatee. Um, slender build weighing between 160 to 180 pounds. That would be 100 pounds off as well. He had a black goatee and was seen wearing a dark colored cap, red and black flannel shirt, and blue jeans. Now, the red and flannel shirt... Red and black flannel shirt, you might be able to peg on me, as well as the blue jeans. But was he wearing Luke Casey's? Mm-mm. Officials suspect that the suspect pointed a blunt object into the back of the clerk. The clerk believed it was a gun, but it turned out to be an ice cream scoop. A Plainview investigator says this is an aggravated robbery 
due to the fact that the clerk was placed in immediate fear of death or serious bodily injury. If you have any information on this crime, you're urged to call 806-293-TIPS. That's 8477. In uh, this little nugget at the end, in 2012, another Allsup's in Plainview was robbed by a man with a sock. Look, I'm not going to get into, I don't know what it's like to be robbed at gunpoint. It's not ever happened to me, not yet anyway. The fool who tries it is going to be a fool indeed. But to have something jabbed into your back, and I'm sure it wasn't the scoop end of the ice cream scoop. I'm sure it was the handle end so that you would think it was a gun and it was from behind. Um you know look i am not advocating for aggravated result uh, assault at all not result assault um but i would say that if it were me i'm a tong guy i'm much more a tong guy uh and you shouldn't just just don't rob your allsups i mean you want allsups to stay around don't you don't don't go off robin allsops also in the news today i don't know if you've heard i'm sure you've read it everywhere beto o'rourke this is the new york times raised 6.1 million dollars online in the first 24 hours of his campaign uh, his presidential campaign last week according to his campaign outpacing his rivals for the Democratic nomination and making an emphatic statement about his grassroots financial strength. Mr. O'Rourke brought in $6.1 million after declaring, a little bit over that, declaring his long-anticipated bid with a web video in a trip to Iowa on Thursday morning, raising the sum entirely online and from all 50 states, the campaign said. I got into this a little bit last week, and I want to take the next couple of minutes to talk about it before our friend uh, Bud Kennedy chimes in. What I do not get is why Beto O'Rourke is so hated by the left, and the general left, and here we're talking about the coasts in all 50 states, uh, but the coasts especially, and all I had to do was just Google the left hates Beto O'Rourke and this came up from the Daily Beast the left liberal elites hate Beto O'Rourke which might be a sign that he can win so Beto O'Rourke is in and he's off to a horrible start this is from Michael Tomoski gonna have to get this guy on the show He's off to a horrible start. He wasn't supposed to say that he was born to run. He moves his hands too much, parodied by Saturday Night Live last weekend. He should have given his poor wife a sentence or two. He has no accomplishments. He's a moderate sellout, yet the verdict is in. The early verdict is in. The left liberal intelligentsia has contempt for him all of which, especially the last point, convinces me that maybe he can win. 
And look, I'm not, I've said this before, I'm just purely an observer, but I've said this before, I think that Beto O'Rourke could be Teflon to Donald Trump's attacks that political consultant, every political consultant in the state that I know of, wants a candidate that everyone perceives to be their child, uh, somebody who could win and uh, could feel some empathy for them along the way. And I think Beto O'Rourke is that guy. Why the left hates Beto O'Rourke, we're going to get into, but first I got to get into a break because our friend Bud Kennedy is about to call into the program. Cue that up and then maybe talk about it towards the end. Matt Dotre and then our friend, or Bud Kennedy, then our friend Matt Dotre right here on the program. Stick right here with us on the other side of Texas. Going to go make some money. Be right back. Brian texting in, get in it with Beto. Let's talk about why the left hates Beto. Brian, we we got to set the program up. It just evolves in a way that I cannot imagine. And uh, But we're glad to have great guests like our friend Bud Kennedy from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram chiming in again on a Monday here. Bud Kennedy, how are you doing? Happy Monday. Uh, Red Raiders made it, the Frogs didn't, but I'm not surprised. Are you not surprised? I know all the TCU people are in mourning, but there's been so much going on over there. They lost so many games in conference. Uh, yeah, everybody thought they were going to make it, but uh, you know they'll 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 take another NIT trip, and I I really wasn't surprised. I know everybody else was. Okay, well I think to a lot of us, and I don't want to be. I don't want to snub my nose at Abilene Christian, but it's quite a tournament to not have TCU or UT in there, and uh, then to have Houston and Tech, and and you know you got Baylor. I'm going to miss somebody. Iowa State and Kansas, but uh, no TCU and UT chiming in this plenty year. Of, plenty of Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve just wasn't as good as they thought they were this year. So. Well, I thought that maybe every Big 12 team would get in, but that's not what happened. But I'm headed out. I I led with this in the monologue. I'm headed out on Thursday. We're going to play best of on the show on Thursday and Friday. Headed up to um, to Tulsa. You do your you do your beat on food and right. Places. I write about Texas food and Southwest food. And now, when you're headed to Tulsa, yeah, tell me go, where to eat. But if you go through El Reno, which is just west of Oklahoma City, El Reno is famous as the home of the onion burger in Oklahoma. So mm. you know, in El Reno, there are three diners in El Reno. In El Reno, they take a, a, a fistful of beef, mash it on the griddle, and then they take another fistful of diced onions, mash that on top of it, and they actually use a bricklayer's trowel to mash all the onions down into the beef and spread it out. It's a it's a it's an onion burger that was designed and popularized strictly in El Reno, Oklahoma. Uh, there's a few places. There's one here in the stockyards in Fort Worth that does it that way. But it's really something El Reno is known for. It's really good. You can get them to do jalapenos that way too. Uh, oh, a fistful of jalapenos! Fistful of jalapenos mashed wow. into your burger and griddle. That is really living. Now we're talking. Reno, uh, you know the folks in El Reno know they've got a good thing. 
And uh, now you get on up to Tulsa. Tulsa is about halfway between the southwest and the midwest. And so it's kind of the gateway to St. Louis in a lot of ways. So hmm. what you've got in Tulsa, that uh, you have Midwest Chili, and they're known for their Coney Islands and chili dogs. They have a place called the Coney Islander there that's a really popular hot dog place, Coney Island hot dog place. And then they have a 100-year-old place called Ike's Chili House. It's at least 100 years old. So you'll go to one of the chili places or go to the Lindemar Drive-In and uh, have have you a, uh, a double burger at the Lindemar. So the, those are kind of the places, Freddy's Hamburgers, Hank's Hamburgers. Uh, Tulsa is known for burgers and chili. So what you're telling me is that post Tulsa trip, I better line up some time on the treadmill. <laughs> well, you, you know, I didn't see any spinach feta omelets on the list when I looked at good good food in Tulsa. It was all you know, it was all burgers, and they have a a big burritos at a place called Cancun, and uh, they do have a fish market there called White River. But uh, they used to have a great cafeteria. I don't think they have a great. I, I guess cafeterias are kind of hard to come by these days except for the Highland Park down in Fort Worth and whatever great furs you may find out. How is there still a great cafeteria in Highland Park, bud? Uh, the Highland Park Cafeteria is coming up on 95 years old. It's over uh, on the east side of Dallas now in Casa Linda, but it still does uh, East Texas fried chicken and cream pies. And, and uh, it's uh, the, 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 the great American cafeteria is still... Uh, in the middle of Dallas, Highland Park Cafeteria on the east side of Dallas on Loop Twelve. All right. Well, I don't plan. See, on... I can, I can, I, I do pretty good on food. Yeah, I don't plan on driving. I don't know if I'm going to take I forty or I'm going to go up through Wichita Falls. I will not stop in Dallas. But right. I, what I've gathered thus far is that the exercise regiment needs to go up next week. Bud Kennedy, right here with us on other side of texas and that's we don't we like your food feedback but also want to get into your texas legislature feedback but what are you watching out there right now that uh through the bud bud kennedy lens you're paying a lot of attention to right now well you know look at where we are we're halfway through the legislature we have the house uh school finance bill and the house spending bill that looks like they're going to let the House do the heavy lifting on it. I think the Senate has their plan, but I think the House plan kind of rolls in more of the ideas that came out of the select committee. So I think when everything gets hashed out, you'll see the House get its way on most of the school funding. Um, now that they've got some spending starting to settle in, the, the uh, budget will go to committee next week. Then uh, after, you know you start seeing some of the other bills come through. And one bill this week that's coming in, I think, uh, that uh, it may be this week that Representative Stickland's bill from Tarrant County uh, may be the most popular bill he's ever brought forth to be to ban red light cameras. I think that'll come up for a hearing. From the we'll state level. On the state level, and that'll be that'll be discussed, and that'll be something there seems to be a lot of support. Do you have uh, red light legis- cameras in Fort Worth, bud? We have the Fort Worth uh, raised $9 million from red light cameras uh, last year, and it's interesting. One of the TV stations here did a story. It said that the city that got the most from red light cameras, I believe Plano, got two million dollars from red light cameras. Well, that means that Fort Worth, although we uh, hit people up for nine million dollars in fines, we got less than two million dollars of it. So, 
Um, most of the money goes to the camera companies. The state legislature banned speed cameras 10 years ago. Uh, I look for them this time to ban red light cameras just uh, is the way it's been carried out is, is not a way that seems fair to people and, and the, the, uh, the people aren't able to protest their fines or appeal their fines in any sort of workable way. And the state said, we've given you long enough to straighten this out. We're just going to do away with it. Wow. Um, is this going to be, in your view, Bud Kennedy, is this the apocalypse between the state Senate and the state House on school funding, or do you expect that the Senate will bend? I know that everybody looks for the apocalypse between the House and Senate. The real apocalypse is between the Texas legislature and local government. You know, that's where the real uh, rubber is going to hit the road this session. The, the, the legislature is going to override uh, local requirements on uh, you know, some of the, the cities like Austin that have required uh, sick leave, they're going to override, uh, you know, all the local bans, local uh, design bills, tree bills, uh, you know, just about everything that's a local law that the legislature doesn't like. The bans on uh, some of the cities' bans on Airbnb. I don't know whether Lubbock has uh, supported Airbnb or, or regulated these little mini, mini hotels residential neighborhoods they're kind of cool you have it on an app but it's not cool if you live next door to one um you know the, the legislature is going to tamp down on just about everything that they don't like that cities do and i think when we come down to the end of may people are going to be talking more about the friction between the state and the cities than between the two uh, houses of, of the legislature what do you make of that is is it that you couldn't get enough contrast between Democrats and Republicans, so you got to go statewide to locals. There, there well, always has to be some sort of fight, but is that what you make up here? Well, they get attention by fighting with someone. When there's a Democrat in the White House, they get attention by fighting with Washington. Mm-hmm. Right now, they they can't punch up, so they have to punch down. So mm-hmm. they're punching down at cities and counties below them. In order to look tough, they but to you sound like, like a guy something. who's been writing columns for thirty years. <laughs> well, you know they they have to pick on somebody and remind you that they that they really mean a lot and do a lot while they're down there for five months every two years. Yeah, uh, but let me just let let me throw you this curveball because I'm sure you can hit it. It seems to me that I talk to people a lot who are like, wow, you know, everything's calmed down in Austin between the 85th and the 86th legislature. And I and I say, well, hold your beer because you watch. If a Democrat beats Donald Trump next time around, then we'll just turn into the 85th and the 84th legislature all over again and we'll be reacting to Washington, not locals. Well, they can't do anything to Washington right now, and they're you know quietly going along with whatever you know the border uh, you know moves are out of Washington. You know, kind of hoping to just keep the clock running. The Republicans in Austin goal is to look like they're on board and keep the clock running, hoping that none of this crazy stuff really comes about. Um, you know, I think that uh, you think the, that the, they the, really yeah. want to make sure that it doesn't come about. I think they'd like to see it slow down, and I think they'd like to see... I mean, I don't think there's anybody in Austin that wants to see a wall built the length of the Rio Grande. And, uh, I mean, I've I've heard Dan Patrick say that he only wants 
uh, you know, more security in certain spots. I think that everybody's got their way of describing exactly where they want more security and what kind of security they want, but I haven't heard anybody say that they want a wall from Brownsville to El Paso. The, uh, they're they're kind of hoping that that, uh, that that all this slows down and people come to their senses and the rhetoric gets tamped down before any of this uh, silliness really gets done. The, um, if a Democrat's elected, then they can go back to railing against the liberal Democrats and big government in Washington. So things really get easy you know, when there's a Democrat in Washington. Things are much more complicated when there's a Republican in Washington. And uh, so then the, uh, the the Texas Republicans have to kind of uh, hold their own and appeal to the as the voice of the little man, uh, the, the the small person in Texas, and say. You know, here's what we all believe. Right now, you've got everybody positioning themselves not about the presidential election, but about Senator Cornyn and about the you know the senatorial race and and what kind of opponent Joaquin Castro might might pose. And, you know, so you've got Republicans all kind of positioning themselves themselves to run beneath John Cornyn on that ticket and to kind of you know prop, prop up John Cornyn and 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 say you know look at John Cornyn, we're obviously going to be supporting him and not somebody like Joaquin Castro, who's more liberal than Beto. You haven't you heard the phrase more liberal than Beto a lot lately. We didn't hear that much last year. Yeah, but that's what I got into the monologue as well about, is why the left, the left intelligentsia, can't stand Beto. And I think that must be a shell shock for a lot of people who, you know, last election we were made to believe that Beto O'Rourke's the biggest liberal who's ever roared in Texas. Which may be the case, but it doesn't mean that Beto O'Rourke's a big liberal. And whenever you talk about the national picture, right? He was cast as a as a socialist and and, and a, a big government liberal and and all kinds of other names. But really, you know, he's someone who had served on the defense committee and and uh, has been involved with the energy industry, has been involved with corporate America, and and uh, you know, he's he's not your your uh, your Bernie bomb thrower at the at you know, when it comes to to coming from the left, he's he's not the, the the Trump of the left, and the left wants a Trump. The left uh, the left wants somebody who can overturn the apple cart, who's just as mad as as they are. But about Trump in Washington? But let me butt in here and say, but isn't he kind of a Trump from the left? Like, my mind is still on El Reno and Jalpeno Burgers. I know. Yes, you. sir. Um, but isn't it, he doesn't stick to the talking points of the party. He voted against Pelosi. Um, he He's a maverick, somewhat of a maverick in his own right. Uh, that seems to me to meet some Trump bona fides, and I don't understand why they have such a big problem with this guy. But he's not a disruptor. He's not somebody from completely outside the party. He's like too Sanders. positive. San- Sanders isn't even a Democrat, you know. And the, uh, you know, uh, Beto is somebody who just, who just believes that the Democrats should do things, should see things his way. He wants to bring a younger, um, problem-solving uh, mindset to the Democratic Party. He's not that happy with the party, but he's not trying to to tear it all down and start over again. Um, he, he really is is from a younger political establishment. He's not from outside the establishment. He's, he um, he comes from the uh, 
the social media uh, text and, and individual fundraising campaign. I mean, the, the whole miraculous campaign he ran, and I say miraculous, not that he came close to winning, but that he raised as much money and did it with so much, uh, so many individual contributions. Uh, the, the way he ran his campaign was definitely disruptive to the way campaigns are usually run. It was an, an outsider style, but it wasn't really that much of an outsider message. He was running in a state and in a climate where it wasn't favorable to be too Democrat or too Republican. He was trying to run as an I'm the voice of the people, let's all listen and we can work this out together. He was trying to run a, um, a centrist message. Uh, with a, with he was it came from a, a uh, liberal mindset, but he was trying to run with a centrist message. Is he going to get pounded, will, Bud? He will try to do that in the general election if he gets that far. But he is going to have an awfully tough time getting through primaries. And you, you know, first of all, you, uh, you know, if he can get through Iowa, which is not clear at this point, uh, then he's going to go down to South Carolina. But then he gets up in in Maine, New Hampshire. Uh, you, you know, you have the you have uh, the New England primaries where uh, they're they have Elizabeth Warren, they're very favorable toward, and they have Sanders, and you know he's going to get drilled up there. And the uh, you know any a, a Texan from El Paso is not somebody that they're familiar with, so he's going to have a couple of of good starts and then a couple of uh, setbacks, and the question is how well he cr- recovers after that. Hmm. You think he's going to get pounded? I think in New England he will. I think in in the primaries overall but, he's got enough support and enough money to run. He he can pull twenty twenty five percent of the of the caucus. He, you know, I mean you've got you have depends on whether Joe Biden gets in. Uh, you have Biden, Bernie, and Beto as the the bros right now. You have Kamala Harris, who is an extremely attractive, passionate candidate. Uh, you know, you have a, a good round set of Democrats that nobody really knows and better somebody that people know. Hmm. Bud Kennedy, Fort Worth Star Telegram. What you got writing? What what uh, word documents you have pulled up on your computer right now? What are you writing about for folks who want to chime in <laughs> from West Texas and read about <laughs> what you're writing about in the Fort Worth Star Telegram? Let's see. I, I wrote about a history column last week about that. that the first uh, African-American certified nurse in the South was a woman from Fort Worth we had a little bit of very little historical detail about, and I wrote about that. And then I have a column coming up on, uh, as Mike Rawlings, the mayor of Dallas, retires due to term limits, what his, uh, what his message is to Fort Worth and DFW, his message to the region is Dallas is becoming more Dallas-centric. One of the issues in the Dallas mayor's race is that this sounds, stop me if you've heard this before, Make Dallas great again. It's the same kind of uh, turn, uh, turning inside, turning against outsiders, uh, divide uh, the, the the voters that, that we saw on a national scale. And so there's a uh, there's a narrow focus in some of the candidates in the Dallas mayor's race. Uh, Mike Rawlings, Dallas mayor, has always supported the growth of the entire region together and DFW together, and he has some concerns about some of the things that are being said in the Dallas mayor's race that are a little bit too Dallas-focused and at the sacrificing their regional cooperation. Uh, who's going to win that race? Uh, that is wide open right now. There are uh, 
there are I, I'm waiting to see who comes up with the most money but we have you know so many candidates at, at the top of that ballot that uh, I think there's like 17 candidates and probably a you know, and probably 10 more write-ins. So it is really tough to say whether uh, somebody like Jason Biabo that comes out of the legislature can win it, Eric Johnson. You, know, you have people with a lot of Austin support, and then you have people, you know, who've, who've been in Dallas all along. But what um, do they and, say about Austin support in Dallas, bud, to interject? Is that scoffed upon, or is that like, okay, well, Austin's okay with it, so we're okay with it? Well, if you've won the... Uh, if you've won a district in Dallas, then you have a constituency. If you're in this big, crowded field, uh, yeah, you have some national figures like Regina Montoya, who's one of, who was one of Hillary Clinton's best friends. You have some national figures with money. You have some local leaders, uh, Albert Black, Oak Cliff businessman. You, know, you have, uh, you know, Lynn McBee, who's you know kind of the, the the North Dallas favorite. You know, you have when you have developers, Mike Ablon, you have people. Miguel Solis, the school board president. I mean, you really have a lot of people with a with a lot of profile. And you have uh, Councilman Scott Griggs, who's been in the middle of things. He's one of the people that wants Dallas to come back and fix the potholes and take care of the neighborhoods and quit trying to be a regional leader. Uh, you have a lot of people with a good profile, and so you have a, a, a tremendous. Uh, uh, what you have basically, you have a big election in May, and you have another big run, uh, another big runoff in July. Yeah. Bud Kennedy, Fort Worth Star Telegram. I'm going to stop in El Reno. I'll send you a picture of my burger, buddy. Get an onion I'm, burger. No, I'm not going to do the. I'm going to do the jalapeno. You're going to get the jalapeno burger. All right, man. I'll, I'll send you where. I'm I'm okay with onions, but um, I would rather have the the jalapeno. I'll I'll study up on exactly which is the right place for the jalapeno. All right, just tweet at okay. me. You can tweet okay. at him at Bud Kennedy. And uh, Bud Kennedy, Fort Worth Star Telegram. Thank you for your time, Bud. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, Good segment there with Bud Kennedy. Going to get in with our friend Matt Dotre coming up. Just stick right with us here on the other side. He's working his way through construction on Martin Luther King Boulevard here in Lubbock. And uh, get in with Dotre. Here in just a bit, gonna go make some money. Be right back with you here on the other side. Best friends with the founder of the Lubbock County Militia, you get your own radio show. It's the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. I'm a big, big man. Not just in size or in stature, terms space that can't be filled. I'm a bottomless canyon, down a drop spill. Yeah, I'm a bottomless canyon, down a drop spill. Hey, welcome back in. Uh, for all your commercial, industrial, and uh, residential real estate issues, you can give me a call. That's what I've been spending my time with over the past couple of months and uh, get you hooked up. That's what I can do. Jay Leeson, give me a call. 806 543 
1317, the Daily Beast headline, the left liberal elites hate Ben O'Rourke, which might be a sign that he can win. Um, the author here, Michael Tomoski, says, uh, the past couple of weeks, I've twice gone out in the middle of the country to talk to audiences about my new book, which, by the way, keeps getting great reviews and which you should buy. My audiences consist of liberal Democrats, mostly loyal, uh, door-knocking Democrats, the kind of people who do the unglamorous and difficult work of electing local candidates and keeping liberal causes and organizations going in sometimes hostile territory. This is just a couple of audiences, and of course they are the kind of people who are interested in hearing me jabber in the first place. So I readily admit that my evidence is not highly anecdotal, but these people aren't like Brooklyn hipsters. Yes, they despise Donald Trump as much as coastal elites do. They want universal health care as much as Bernie Sanders does. And they'd love to see a woman become president, but most of all, they want to win. They live in places, Columbus, Ohio, and outside of Detroit, where Democrats have to fight to win elections and where you just can't assume all your neighbors detest Trump they'll ditch the litmus test for whatever they can win this is in the Daily Beast and I encourage you to go read it if you're somebody who likes to look from the middle of the road left and right like I do Michael Tomoski there in the Daily Beast but to forego Tomoski for just a moment and get in with our friend Matt Dotre, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Matt, you worked your way through here, the traffic? Yeah, what the heck is going on? I have Sorry no idea. I'm late. I have no idea. I it's, couldn't make my left turn. And all of a sudden, I was by the animal shelter, and I didn't know what was going on. But you worked your way back up the dirt road. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. it's not paved. No, there, not at all. There are a lot of people who are frustrated that that road is not paved. Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, that makes... I mean, how many miles of unpaved uh, roads? Because this is in the city, right? Yes. Yeah, an uh, unpaved road in that. the city with extremely high banks. So I don't know how you would get a tractor down there, if that's even possible. I have no idea. So now you're going to write on this. On, on, on yeah, unpaved roads, which is something that I have written about, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a thing. So yeah. nice transition. What were we talking about? We want you what to were write we on it about? again. Okay. Yeah, I think I am too. Hey, so right. you and I are both going. I'm going to the tournament. You're you are. The, you're, but you're going to the tournament. Somehow I weaseled my way in. Yeah, I am going to uh, help write. I'm going as kind of, well, we, are, we call it color and mood. Like I go, I, I won't be writing about the games themselves, but kind of the atmosphere surrounding so the game. You're going to write on me and my dad watching, yeah. watching the games? Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. Jay Leeson, <laughs> local celebrity, and that's, his father. That's awesome. Local that's awesome. legend. So today I've been, oh, sorry. Today I was working on a story, just like what to do in Tulsa type deal, um, and writing about tickets and things like that. Tickets, just talked to Bud Kennedy about it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I got on last night. I got on the StubHub and went ahead, and they are not sponsors of the program, but went ahead and bought the tickets because I just began to see tickets going away. Really? Well, they're still they're surprisingly cheap. Like, I was on Vivid Seats, and you could get it. So what, Pat, did you just get the first two games? No, I got the full strip. So you're, you're going to be there all four games on Friday? Uh, on Friday. I don't know about Thursday, but yeah. Right, Friday. so they're just on Friday. So it's four games on Friday, and then the winner of those four games play on Sunday. Of those. Oh, there's not games on Thursday? No. So it's just Friday and Saturday. You're breaking news for me here. <laughs> no, so I don't know if – so March Madness, yeah. So just eight teams go, and they play on the games in Tulsa. So, wow. What? So just games – I don't need to be there on Thursday. No, just Friday. Huh. Yeah, so it'll just be four, and it'll be a blast. So I went – Breaking news. <laughs> like, I was planning on being there on Thursday. No, you don't have to. Okay. Well, you could go – that's nice – um, you could go for the open practice. I'm, that's getting into the weeds, I no, know. No, I don't. But you could go. So what What me just say, it was the best sporting event I'd ever been to. Last year, me and my buddies went to Charlotte. Me and some old high school friends all met in Charlotte just to watch March Madness. I was at the Virginia UMBC game last year. Oh, yeah. The, on the 16th seed. What's UMBC stand for? University uh, of Maryland, Maryland, Baltimore, Baltimore County. Baltimore. The Golden Retrievers. My daughter still asked me about UMBC. Yeah, UMBC yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think they made it. But, I had no idea. So we were at that game, and I mean, we got there Thursday or the day before, so we were at the open practice, watching UMBC, just thinking, "Oh my goodness, this team is going to get crushed." Like you know, they're like a high school team. Uh, but and then that was the fourth game on Friday, so we had been there for heck ten hours, and all of a sudden, like. So, are you saying there are no games in Tulsa on Thursday? Right, right. They're all on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep, the four games are on Friday. Even yeah. though there are two different, it's right. like the West and exactly. the Midwest. Right, so it's the mor- So you you probably got the morning package, which is the first two games. No, then, I got the full strip. Right, right, sorry, I already asked you that. I got yeah. the full strip. So it's all, on, it's all on Friday. So it'll be... Don't come... Don't make me second guess what I purchased. Nah. Because I'm wait. You were like, oh, tickets were cheap. And I was like, oh, really? Were they? <laughs> no, yeah. So the full package... So does that mean you got the Sunday games too? Um, Probably. Yeah, I did. That's awesome. That's and, fantastic. And that That's really my, cool. I, I texted my friend, Chris Level, before mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. and said... Hey, level. What time is the game on Sunday? And just like you responded to me, not been set up yeah, yet. Yeah, right. They they want to wait. So I don't know what time. I guess I'm just gonna drive because you can't fly out of there. Right. Yeah, just drive. It's what like a seven hour drive. Yeah, but you say that, but it's right. like twenty dollars in turnpikes. No kidding. Else. Yeah, if you go through Wichita Falls, are they flying you to the game? No. Oh heck no. Yeah. So. Do you yeah. have to drive the Ranger to the game? No, I'm just, I'm just kind of tagging along. So, who are you driving with? Are you going so, with Don Williams? No, so it's the Carlos, who's the basketball beat writer. Okay, and then Carlos Silva. And, and then Brad, who's the uh, photo videographer, multimedia guy. So you're gonna take some pictures of me and Dad at the game? Well, I'll, I'll point Brad. Yeah, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> me and Dad are like going. That's awesome. like a, That's really cool that you're going. Does your dad still live in Abernathy? No, Dad lives in. He lives at Fort. He retired to Fort Lake Gibson. Okay. So right outside of Tulsa. 
So I'm either going to drive in there or fly out of there. I, I fly awesome. into there. Uh-huh. I don't know what we're going to yeah. do. Yeah. So somehow I weaseled my way into going, which is kind of cool. You know, it's just. Did you put in the play to go, or did I put in the say, plug? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's did. one of those things. I mean, because you do know a lot about Red Raiders but, basketball, but it's not. Are that. we going to win the first round game? Yeah, I think we were the highest. We have the highest spread for any three seed. I think we're like fourteen point favorites already. I don't know much about what are they, Northern Kentucky. Anytime you hear the word Kentucky, exactly. By the way, shout out to Abilene Christian. They're the 15th seed playing yeah, Kentucky. Brought that it was Bud Kennedy. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, no, no cool. UT, no TCU, but you've got Abilene, Abilene Christian, Christian, who is playing. I read a little bit up on them today. I guess they kicked off their best two players earlier this year for something, I and I don't think it's ever been written why. Um, but so they're because a little short. you don't live. So there. they're a little short-handed. Thanks. They would know why <laughs> if you live there. <laughs> thanks. So I had a guy call me today, and he just introed the call. He got my number, and introed the call with a um, a Dan Pope parody voice. <laughs> what do you think? Should I go with that or not? As in, you should do a Dan Pope no, parody no, voice. No, it was him, and it just it was like. Hey Jay, kind of like that, that grassy right and gristle the, voice and, right. And, and the mayor is very, he thinks what he's going to say, so he speaks very yes. slowly. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I didn't know what to do with it because uh-huh. I was like, uh, uh, because I re- I respect the mayor. I think he's really transparent, mm-hmm. and I don't have any gripes with him. I don't want to do a parody to make fun of him, <laughs> no. but the guy who I answered the phone was like, "Hey, Jay, it's, it's Dan. I'm I'm do a total disservice to Stan Pope. Um, I'm uh, I'm just running through the city right now. I got on my Fitbit. I just I'm praying about the city. I'm seeing what the city's doing. It's growing, and I was like, I don't know what to do. With it. Now maybe Griffith with a Fitbit. I would play that. Uh huh. Anyway. That's pretty great. Go ahead. I don't uh, know where we were. I don't know where we were either. Uh, apparently, saying, we need to stop in El Reno and get a jalapeno diced burger in El Reno. Okay. Oklahoma. That sounds good. What Bud Kennedy I says. was in Tulsa last year. Uh, me and my siblings got my mom uh, Bruno Mars tickets, so, and I was just like the chauffeur to take my mom and my sister to see so Bruno did, Mars in Tulsa. Drink. Oh no, I drank. They ended up driving. It's this whole thing downtown, and I had a really good time in the Arts District. So Tulsa is a fun town. We stopped at a really good barbecue joint on the way there, in the middle of nowhere. That I can't remember what it was called, but I want to say they're only open like two days a week. So they're probably not even going to be open. Was it in Tulsa? No, it was in the middle. Of, it was seriously in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know what part of Oklahoma it was in, but it was some. So. Tulsa, uh, shout because out to Oklahoma is, for their barbecue. Is, they have a good barbecue in Oklahoma. There is Eddie's uh, It Be Bad Barbecue. Uh-huh. That's not how they market <laughs> really? it. It'd really? Really? Yeah. And I, I, they have a really good Bon Me place. I ate at a really good Bon Me place. And I visited the Woody Guthrie Museum, which you should definitely go to. What's going on in Lubbock right now? What do we need to know about? Well, so, yeah, I mean, people are going to be wondering, why the heck am I talking about basketball but that's just like no but it's but like your this, forte though no it's like it's just like if i had to call somebody what people listening need to know if i wanted to call somebody and figure out what was going on like hey dotre what time does the team play on sunday you're gonna say well they aren't gonna tell you the time uh-huh. they're just gonna sure. announce it right. or 
what do you think about so-and-so's injury? And you're like, oh, it's a big problem because you've only got two backups there. Who are you going to go with <laughs> if you're playing the zone or you're doing man-to-man? Like, you, that's in your wheelhouse. So I do enjoy tech basketball. I'm, right. I'm glad that you go, yeah. Um, and you don't even have to pay. That That's nice. You're going to get right. paid to go to the game. For sure. That will be pretty cool. Yeah. That will be pretty cool. But it's also – I'm going to call Grantfield after the show and be like, I want to write a column on the tournament. <laughs> I want you to pay for my tickets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to wiggle my way in. So I was only – going if they were in Tulsa because I wasn't going to get like a plane ticket or anything so it's just if we were going to Tulsa and they were driving seven I can hours just, I can just hop in the back you take out take out 40 that's, that's what we're going to do that's yeah. my recommendation for sure although my brother lived in Norman for a while so I would visit him quite a bit and I always did the uh the highways and you spend like 10 bucks on the tolls you're right but you know, here's the thing that changed because we lived in Tulsa for a few years, and what changed that trip for me was driving. We charities, charity got a um, a BMW, mm. and we were cruising like 110, <laughs> right? Sure, down these roads, and um, and I was driving, and we got stopped. And the guy was like going to throw me in jail and said, you have any idea what happened if you hit a hog in a truck in, in a car like this? <laughs> you kill her. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. And you're driving like that. I was like, oh, dude, I got this. <laughs> oh, man. This is more than I can handle. Uh-huh. Anyway, so anytime it's, if it's not summer, I'm not driving through Wichita. Okay. Hogs. That all subs in Seymour, though, yes. is classic. That's like the only place between here and Wichita Falls. So that's kind of a must stop when you do go that direction. Let's talk about that. I finally read the Bucky's Texas Monthly write-up over the weekend. And I have to say my favorite thing to happen on Twitter this past month was the war that you tried to start between all subs and Bucky's. Yeah, probably still going to write on it. And you've probably talked about it on the show a hundred times. But people are like, oh, well, all subs is... Eastern New Mexico, so therefore, right. it's a problem. We have to. Do, I feel like we have to side with New Mexico on this, though. Like, yeah, yeah. when did Bucky's ever come in here? Right, I've never been to a Bucky's. You've never? No, I've been there a couple. I've actually bought my son a Bucky's Beaver, and that's what I wanted to just well, kind of. Not to but get on a tangent, like, but like, don't you think one of the most? I'm going to get in trouble for this, but. The whole, like, Texas brand just gets pretty exhausting. And I'm talking about, like, Whataburger and Bucky's and Shiner. Yeah, you're going to get... I know, but, like, you know, the whole... It just... Sometimes it gets... and And maybe I'm just complaining about kind of the social media presence. Like, I don't care every time you eat Whataburger. You know... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop at Whataburger <laughs> on the way home. And somehow Allsup's has been able to stay away from that. It still has its, like, niche. No, because... And it's very... You, but but it, and it doesn't need all the cheerleading surrounding it. You go into Allsup's, and you know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, this is a place that's on par with where I live. Yeah. Because you're going to go in, the bathrooms are going to be adequate. Mm-hmm. But not going to make you wish that, like, uh, if I ever have to go to the bathroom again, i got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. 
and the food is going to be adequate for sure it's just a staple yeah a lot of communities and you know if bucky's thought texas was so awesome why aren't they in west texas yeah that's my question yeah so the article made it seem like they're expanding heavily in georgia or they're trying to and i guess his goal is just to be anytime you leave atlanta going whatever direction you're gonna see a bucky's which yeah i don't know yeah so lubbock would be a weird distribution place though lubbock needs a new gas station that needs like i'm gonna drop you're gonna go and you're gonna stop at a quick trip along the way invariably you will stop it have you ever been to a quick trip for sure yeah yeah the minute quick trip gets into lubbock lights out on stripes here's my big gripe of stripes if they're out of whatever the candy is or they're out of uh the whatever the bonds are whatever it doesn't matter that's what their attention is and they will stack 14 people up in one line really quick trip total opposite yeah take care of the customer get the customer taken care of get them out of here not to get them out of here get them out of here but that's kind of the way that they roll right yeah yeah they know that when you're traveling yeah their store is not the destination it's just kind of yeah a stop on but the they way, want you sure. to be glad that you stopped there right yeah right so okay uh we gotta switch you can get me going on the philosophy of convenience stores forever but i will not allow it basketball coverage from matt dotre right here on the other side of texas have we set up any sort of operation to figure out just how much Jason Corley works at the <laughs> Lubbock County Commissioner's Office? No. Because we... because you and I have both heard the same thing. Mm-hmm. He goes in for a couple hours a week and is drawing this big county paycheck. Uh, I've heard him described as the most overpaid public official in Texas. Nothing? We're going to set up any sort of, like, clock in, clock out, no... Uh, from Dotra? No, which would be hard. It would be hard to do in the sense that, like, I guess you could... Well, first of all, let me say, I mean, Jason did give back, I think, half of his salary, and he campaigned on that. He said he was only going to accept half of his salary. No, but they all voted to lower their salary. Right. But still, it's at what? But he... Right, but but well, he actually like signed off and said he was he was only going to accept half, which is still, I mean for I mean it's still what forty something thousand dollars a year, so I it's nothing to sneeze at I for think sure. A lot of for sure. Allsup's conveyors would say that's a lot of money. <laughs> for sure, absolutely, um, and no to 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 be able to put it on paper exactly how many hours he works would be difficult because I mean commissioners and the commissioners will be the first people to tell you this. It's not, they don't call it a desk job, although they are in their offices a lot, but there is kind of, you know, uh, meeting with constituents <laughs> and driving down roads and stuff. I laugh just because I feel like all of a sudden I sounded like a spokesperson, but I'm just kind of, you know, they are out of their office. Maybe a lot. we should put in time cards, Lubbock taxpayers for better time cards. They could be, we could start up that organization by we, I mean me, and then you could just check it off each week and see how much time did they actually yeah. spend here. And, and <laughs> That's not the worst and, idea. But, <laughs> no, but then you could have two other commissioners that sign off on it for accountability. Yeah. Yeah. 
It just it grinds my gears because that's my county commissioner, and I get it. You don't like government, and you want to do this, that, and the other, but not showing up to do the job, that's mm-hmm. a problem. For sure. I would agree. Right. I would agree. So you and I, are, we bought the bleacher seats. I don't know how bad that's going to be. They'll be fine. But I'll be down on, I believe it's the west side of the arena, and uh, you come grab me. We'll go. Do they serve alcohol in the BOK? I would imagine so. Yeah. I keep I hear nothing Me, but nice things Me, you, and Kent Hans will go. And... So, so that's something. So, again, I'm there to just kind of cover the ins and outs of the game. Something I want to – do you remember Kent Hans's lucky jacket last year? No. I feel I feel like he, he was – has a lucky jacket? I, I don't think I'm making Let's this call up. Let's him after the show. I don't think I'm making this up. No, I want to be the – I want to write about this. <laughs> I think it's like this retro satin, like eighties, really cool Members jacket. Only, and I want to say, yeah, I want to say he referred to it as his lucky jacket last year. So if he's wearing that jacket, that's definitely something. That's just kind of the goofy okay. stuff we're, I want to. We're going to call on. him or text him <laughs> here shortly. It, his lucky jacket, Matt Dotre. Love you on Mondays, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate Thanks. the work you do, Matt Dotre at M, M. Dotre. Yep. AJ. Yes. It'll be nothing but sports tweets for the next five days. There he is, Matt Dotre. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks. Sorry I'm late. No, not Sorry a problem. Sorry I was late. No, we carried you a little bit later. See see the clock? Yeah. Got, uh-huh. you, got you in your yeah. time. Yeah. Appreciate and going to really look forward to some Matt Dotre Red Raider coverage this weekend. Hey, uh, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have Amarillo Matters. Uh, they're concerned about the vet school. Apparently... I'm told by birdies that there's a new campaign unrolling in what? Uh, unveiling in Amarillo for the vet school. And it's going to be a substantive campaign and something that catches a lot of people's attention uh, for the vet school in Amarillo. Have our friend Steve Pear on at 515 and then we'll get into West Rappaport reports there in the second half of the show. Also on Wednesday, Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune, and then Mike Bazaar, Bazaar Solutions. Uh, good shows ahead for you. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you telling friends that you listen. Just grab their phones, subscribe them. Always impressed by more and more subscriptions. Appreciate you making that happen. Gonna get home, gotta get home. Great family. Above average dinner waiting for me there at the Ponderosa. Rave on, buddies. Rave on.